Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. And this is episode 94 of Bitstorm, coming up on our number 100. That we will record at PAX. Well, I was about to say, shall we tell the folks our plan? Yes, we're planning on recording our 100th episode at PAX. So that should be fun. We've already booked in our slot at the Audio Technica booth, as we did last year, thanks to to our friends at 8-Bit for organising that. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll try to get some guests on as well and make that happen. But right now, episode 94, we're going to do some ramped up click pitch, which is where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click... We will click refresh, and for the ramped up version, we will each get a phrase of an adjective and a noun, and uh, we'll put those together and make a game design out of them. Those phrases. Let's do it. (laughs) Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Expected nicety. Weird entering. (laughs) Weird entering. Expected nicety. Okay. My mind goes to, so setting the scene, it's like a ballroom, like a fancy ballroom, like maybe a, not quite a, not quite a masquerade party, but just like a fancy party. Mm-hmm. And you know how at a fancy party, um, they like, the people get announced as they come in? <laughs> yeah. I'm figuring that's the weird entering. There's something around the entrance as you're announced. But then there's also something around the niceties, right, of- of interacting with all the other people at this fancy ball. Okay. Um, do you do you play like a um, fish out of water sort of character, that someone who who doesn't know the niceties? So um, you've got you like know a, a list I, of things I, that you need to do for um, different royalty and that sort of stuff. I'm actually thinking this is less of a narrative thing and more mechanic based. I'm kind of feeling a top down view. Maybe there are goals f- that you have to achieve, but you have to do them through, like, dancing and mingling. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and the the entrance, the, the entering is that, like, people keep getting sort of added into the mix and, and being brought into the, into the game space, as it were. Like, a new person is announced and that just makes everything more complex because now there are more sort of people dancing and, and moving around and, and that sort of thing. So, I'm um, thinking some of the rules that you can have is, is like, if French royalty come in, you must um, bow to them the first time you see them. And then if, you know, English royalty comes in, um, you must avert your gaze any time that they come in <laughs> and yeah. that sort of thing. So, uh, I'm Yeah, picturing- something like that. I, I, was, I was almost picturing a bit of something like, and this is sort of going to seem a bit weird, but something like Overcooked, where- there's just like you 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 get the instructions of what you have to do, but pulling them off, yeah, kind of involves a bit of teamwork. Maybe maybe it's a multiplayer thing like Overcooked, um, but yeah, it's where certain things. So like if you get into um, like if you find a partner, then you can sort of make your way through part of the level by dancing, um, and sometimes you have to do that to like get close to people. Okay, you br- you bring up Overcooked, and mm. now I'm wondering if you're a waiter at this thing and trying to serve mm-hmm. drinks to, to people and that sort of stuff. 
So the more people there are, the more people that you got to sort of like move around. Like the quickest way to get the drinks to this to this person is through the dance floor. And when there's only right. two couples on the floor, it's easy. But when there's yep. like twenty couples on the floor, you're like having to go forward and back and forward and back and sort of cross it a la Frogger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I do like that, although I feel like then the niceties doesn't come into it as much. So, maybe it's something else. Maybe you're the, maybe you're the host. Um, and so, you uh, you know, part of it could be making sure people get drinks. Uh, maybe you, like, can uh, order waiters around or something or take control. Of, or I guess maybe you could play multiple characters, and maybe that's where the multiplayer comes in. Each, each character has a bit of a different skill or something. I guess I guess we need to determine what the goal is. Uh, maybe this is something like this is a, 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 ch- a charity ball, or like a fundraising ball, and the goal is to get as much money out of these people as you can. And so, it is about making sure they're stocked up on drinks and performing all the niceties that are required to to keep you on their good sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I like like yeah. That. Yeah. I wonder if there's any sort of- Yeah, and I guess then it's just a co-op thing. It'd be kind of like a co-op thing. So, one person plays the waiter, one person plays the host, one person plays like a musician or something, or like a, a dance, I don't know, someone dancing or- One person plays the host, like uh, that's on the microphone to- to Oh, like the MC or something. <laughs> the MC, <laughs> calling out the people who are entering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. And you have to get it right. There's like mini, mini games or something. Oh, yeah, papers, please. <laughs> Check their papers. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe, yeah, yeah, you have to, like, compare them up against the people who are coming to- <laughs> It's like, all right, mustache, crown, pointy crown, but uh, no, that person's got a wider pointy crown and a, and a different colour mustache. You can do it really quickly as they walk up. <laughs> this guy's bald, has a uh, barcode on the back of his head. Hang on! <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here, Hitman. <laughs> Agent 47. Oh, right. damn it. I thought I got in this time. <laughs> just sulks away. But I, but I took that guy's clothes. How could you tell it was me? He just walks away and comes back. And I was like, you haven't even changed. <laughs> Three to one click. <laughs> yeah. Rumoured lifeline. Rush trilogy. Like the band Rush? <laughs> well, I, I was actually thinking it's a game based on Rush Hour. The movie series. Oh, the Rush Hour trilogy. Okay. Were there three of those? There were three of those. There were three of those. Okay. So, you got Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of picturing- Mismatched cops. So, where's this rumoured lifeline coming in? Um, good question. Good question. I have my trilogy idea. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. I like the idea of buddy cop kind of gameplay- this could be sort of a co-op thing. Yeah, I like co-op. One person's like over the top with um with martial arts, and one person's over exactly. the top with gunplay, sort of thing. And, yeah, and yeah. Talking so you away sort of, the situations. Yeah, yeah. You, you've got your your separate skill sets there, so there's a bit of asymmetry between the the characters. So that's cool. Maybe this lifeline. Maybe this is about some sort of uh, medical breakthrough. Maybe that story is around. The rumours that, like, a pharmaceutical company is um, has, you know, found a cure for cancer, but it's that typical conspiracy thing of, like, but it's more profitable for them if people are sick. Uh, and, and that's part of what you're trying to solve. Okay, so it's, like, the unreleased fourth movie in- Yeah, in as, as we like Russia. to do, we write the game version of 
<laughs> a sequel. Where's it set? Because I know yeah. like, the, the first Rush Hour was set in America and the second one was set in like China or Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where the third one was set, but I kind of I kind of like the idea that these guys have, have are on like vacation together, and they sort of get drawn <laughs> into this plot. <laughs> they're on vacation together. They just they're such good friends now. Um, okay, maybe maybe like a, like a snow resort or something. Like maybe somewhere snowy. <laughs> Okay, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, is it going to be set in Aspen or is it going to be set in, like, the Himalayas? I mean, they're, they're two very, very different. <laughs> uh, no, I was, well, maybe it's um, Vancouver. <laughs> just because I know that there's a lot of skiing there. It's up on Whistler. Um, and there just happens to, happens to be the secret hideout of, of the pharmaceutical company. They're, like, secret lab. Because uh, it has to be things- the, the stuff has to stay cold, so they're doing it on a mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got um, a couple of set pieces that I'm picturing. Uh, yep. You've got like the big pharmaceutical guys' mansion up on the um up on the hill. Oh yeah, totally big villa sort of thing. Yeah, yep. and his uh, he's got like one of the like the tram car sort of things that that um, go up the mountain to get up. I'm just yeah. trying to think, you know, it's like a, uh, yeah, the hanging, yeah. hanging sort of car. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm picturing One of those trolley like, sort of things. Yes. Yeah. I'm picturing almost like a, a side scrolling beat em up sort of thing happening. Oh, well, the whole game there. could be that. Well, that's what I was also but, thinking, but it's not necessarily like a double dragon, but more of a, um, more of a third person beat em up. Yeah, but like fixed, they think it's sort of fixed camera angle, though. Uh, no, kind like of like the double dragon like thing. The behind, behind the. Oh, behind okay, the shoulder, right. beat him up. So just all right. So it's okay, okay. a Devil May Cry yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, and that's interesting too because you know Devil May Cry has obviously the, the martial arts and the gunplay, um, but I like this idea of of They're splitting separate. him up so that you can do those same sort of combos where Chris Tucker is like juggling them with his guns, <laughs> like he could be that sort of over the top kind of thing. Yeah, and then Jackie Chan can like jump up and. Kick, do a few kicks to keep keep the combo going, that sort of thing. Well, what I want to see is Jackie Chan, you know, uppercut, you know, someone into the gun, into the gunfire and, start, and getting the guy sort of juggling. <laughs> up there. Right, totally. Yeah. I actually, I quite like that idea of a multiplayer thing where you have to keep the combo going between you um, and really communicate in that way yeah. uh, to really do well. Yeah, because, I mean, so, it's never really been like, done. All right. No, I don't think so. Not not in that way. But yeah, I like that idea. Like, all right, I'm sending a guy up. Like, get ready on your on your I guns. Mean, that that sort of thing sounds like you know the perfect the perfect sort of gameplay to to sort of have you know a, a beat 'em up game in which you you're getting you know massive combos going to get the S rank and all that sort of stuff. But you've got to be playing with someone else to actually do it. Yeah, I actually quite like that idea. That yeah, you literally cannot keep the combos going without the other player. Uh, like there's a natural end to them or something, and the only way you can chain them is is with the other player. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and then you have got some moves that if you if you both synchronize what you what you press at the same time, you know you you get into like a um a dual move where you both do sort of like oh yeah yeah a with, kick and a shotgun Jackie blast Chan, like, at the same time. <laughs> yeah, Jackie Chan like spins Chris Tucker around and and you know by his legs or something and, and just firing in all directions. <laughs> Curving bullets a la wanted. <laughs> sure. Why not? Let's take this all the way. 
maybe part of well, the way they uh, found out about this cancer drug is the same ph- pharmaceutical company makes the pill that gives them superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, we didn't talk about the other set pieces. Yeah. So, right. the trolley's one of them. The I mean, there's obviously got to be one where you're just, like, skiing down a hill or, like, oh, out of control yeah. down a hill. Maybe it's on that same trolley thing, but it's, like- Later in the game, and it's and it, there's a scene where it busts off the the rails, and it's then sliding down the mountain, and you're like jumping between them. There are multiple of them. Oh yeah, I like that. Jet and there's an avalanche coming from behind, and it's sort of like one of those um one of those uh, crash coming towards the camera sort of. Oh, maybe I was more thinking of uh, I don't know, just uh, uh, you know, the same sort of the same sort of perspective, but you know, being able to jump between. Different of these trolleys that have, they're all fallen down and sort of spinning and grabbing, you know, shooting the people on jet skis who are trying to kill you or whatever and catching up with you and stuff. There can still be an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's, of course, an orphanage at the bottom, so you need to. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stop those trolleys? Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck the orphanage. <laughs> okay, through to one click. Yep. Monochrome muddle. Necessary sprout. <clears throat> monochrome muddle. It's interesting because that sort of speaks to the uh, just the, uh, the emotive feel of it in a way. Monochromatic kind of, you know. I mean, I mean, monochromatic really just means one color, but uh, I kind of figure, think of it as black and white, kind of with shades and, yep. and just keeping things desaturated or something. So where where I'm sort of thinking of mine is you got like a disorganized detective from like the 30s in like a noir mystery okay yeah detective muddle <laughs> well that pi you could muddle definitely PI. have that and <laughs> muddle pi yep i like that <laughs> i i like the idea of it being maybe the story uh, you said sprout didn't you yeah for your word so yeah what i think is you start off the game and and a um the dame enters enters my office and she <laughs> She's quested me or she's tasked me with going to her ex-husband's place and picking, picking up this potted plant that she, she says is dear to her. And it sort of okay. just, it starts from there. All right. All right. I like that. Muddle PI. And whole yep, thing is in black and white. The femme fatale comes in and that's, yeah, that's your mission. So she, so it's like her ex-husband, but he's, he's holding onto the plant out of spite. Yeah. And so the plant basically kind of becomes the MacGuffin of the whole thing, maybe? Yeah. All right. Well, let's- Yeah, let's kick that can down the road a bit more and figure out sort of some, some of the story beats and stuff. Yeah. So, I, I just- I love the idea of- I guess there's, like, the police chief who- And obviously, like, Muddle's a PI, but maybe he used to be a cop, maybe. You know, there's the classic yeah. thing of he got, he got kicked out, he kicked he got, out of yeah, the kick yeah. force, the police force or something. But he's always interfering in the police investigations. Um, so, you know, there's the there's the police chief just like, Muddle, get out of here, Muddle. Um, <laughs> I just like the name Muddle yeah. <laughs> for this. It's, it's, it's just perfect. Uh, um, but I guess he wouldn't come into it yet because there's not really a crime at this point. No. So, what I- happens when Muddle goes to- scope out this place because obviously he doesn't just walk in the front door um well i think he walks you know he knocks on the door and the door just swings open and he sees okay. a body like basically it's the body of of the ex-husband of the ex-husband yeah and um 
all and you, the plant's gone. All you see on the on the floor is like um, dirt, and there's a couple of footprints, and like a leaf or something, and like maybe leaf. you can, yeah. And so this starts off the whole thing that you know someone's come in and stolen this plant. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then maybe it sort of it kind of cuts it cuts then to like when the police are there. Now, now the police are there, and yeah, you know, Muddles reported it because he's a good citizen. But of course, the police chief's like suspicious. Like, oh, you, <laughs> you always seem to be in the middle of this muddle. <laughs> Double entendre of you always seem to be mixed up in yes, these things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And so, oh, but I, I, I muddle pocketed the leaf. He doesn't tell the police about the leaf. Yeah, because I think this that- is this is a this is a point and click adventure game where if if it's not nailed down, you pick it up. But the thing is, by picking up the leaf, you've now you know tampered with the crime scene, and so you don't want to tell the chief about it. And <laughs> yeah, well, and I think it's just Muddle that's the one who wants to solve this now, right? Like he's still on the mission to get this plant. Like that's he's getting paid. It's the only way he's getting paid. <laughs> it's the only way he's getting paid is to get this plant, and he knows that it'll become evidence now. Uh, particularly because they took it, it's part of the investigation, and so the police know that something was taken, perhaps. But they, you, you, basically, Muddle now is ahead of the cops to a certain degree because he's got the information that there was a plant that was dear to, you know, that is valuable for some reason, and he's got this leaf as a first clue. So, you know, they, there's probably got maybe he's got like a wacky scientist friend who he can go to sort of get <laughs> some info on this leaf. You know, basically a nerd, but in the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> I so want him, like, playing with valves and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of just, like, creating vacuum a rudi- tubes. A, a rudimentary, like, computer system that, that's been created, and it's, like, the least high-tech thing that you can sort of think of. It's oh, like, yeah, got yeah, a ticker totally. tape and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, I, I like that. Let's make that a woman just to break stereotype. Yep. Uh, Beverly. Sure. Yep. Beverly. Sounds good. And so he goes to Beverly and like brings her the, the leaf. And she's, of course, got like books on every subject and microscopes and things. And so she checks out the leaf. And I don't know. So what is what is this plant then? I mean, I know it's a MacGuffin. It doesn't matter that much. But there's there's a reason. Is it is it that it is the plant itself is valuable or does she find out that it's just actually a pretty common plant, and so there's got to be something else about, like, something buried under it or something. Yeah, so, I'm seeing it as a Venus flytrap. Okay. Just because I, I kind of like the idea of there being maybe something- You're thinking that there's something actually enclosed in its in its mouth, sort of thing. And the woman who came to you first, her name is Venus. So, there's, like, some sort of connection, personal, like- Yeah. She's into Venus flytraps because of that. So I'm just wondering who the um who the bad guy is in this, who the um like who the murderer is. Yeah, I guess we need to figure out like what was the goal, like wh- why is this valuable? Why was it stolen? What's the relationship with Venus? And or was it her? Um, is is she involved in some way? That does that does feel a little bit tropey though. I mean, it's noir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kind of got to lean into the tropes a bit. Yeah. But uh, no, it doesn't have to be Venus. It doesn't have to be her. Maybe uh, when she finds out, maybe there's a scene like after she finds out he's dead where she comes and again, tropey, but she comes into your office again and she's just like crying her eyes out and she realized that she still loved him or something. And 
And so you having to sort of determine, is this an act or is it legit, um, sincere? Mm-hmm. And that's when you can do some further interviewing of like, get a bit more info about why this plant was valuable. Yeah, maybe maybe to her it is just, it's valuable because it's there's sentimental. sort of- yeah. yeah, it's it's sentimental, but perhaps the ex-husband had, like, hidden something in there or something. Hidden, like, a, a vial of, like, the most potent cocaine or something. Hidden. Yeah, yeah. Some some sort of valuable, yeah, drug or whatever um, was, like, buried underneath the plant. Yeah, and then I guess, yeah, I, I like the idea of being a point-and-click adventure like that. And so you're just solving that crime, I suppose. I don't mm-hmm. know, is, it, is there then just, like, a typical kind of drug baron or something who sent the goons to get it, or is there something more interesting there? Um, yeah, I kind of like the idea of there maybe being some, like, police corruption. Okay. That maybe, you know, the captain who, who you know, was talking about, you know, oh, Muddle, you always seem to get mixed up in these things and all this sort of stuff. I like the idea that he's actually involved somehow and, like... He's, yeah, okay. He's really not wanting, you know, Muddle to get involved in this whole thing. You know, he's hoping someone else because would actually- Because he knows, yeah, well, maybe part, as part of this, you know, the fir- obviously the first in, in a new franchise is you find a bit about the sort of backstory and, and the reason why Muddle was kicked off the police force, like his own personal demons, and that part of that came from the captain, which was actually around the captain- His ex His own self- like Well, the captain serving his own self-interest because Muddle was getting too close- to discovering some of the corruption within the police force. And he couldn't be, you know, he's, as the protagonists of of these noir sort of things always are, like he's, uh, you know, too too good to, to be corrupted. Yeah. I like seeing, like the idea of there being like a massive bar fight. Um, mm-hmm. Like they're, like the idea of, you know, sort of taking you into the seedy underbelly of, of um, picturing like a Chicago or- yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm for- definitely seeing a lot of high res, sort of hand painted black and white graphics, though. Yeah, the black and white could play really well, and just like deep blacks and great shadows and things. Yeah, um, just just the idea of you know you push the door open, you get a scene of of like you just see a silhouette in the doorway. And, like, the lightning strikes behind, you see, like, the silhouette <laughs> shadow on the ground and all this sort of stuff. And that's where you first see the body um, in, in yeah. the- um- Oh, God, you could take some of the classic, yeah, yeah, like, the classic shots and ideas, totally. I like it. I like it a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, I really like that. Muddle, Muddle P.I. That may actually be the title of this episode. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, probably. Uh, I think that good. might be the best character name we've come up with, though. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Watch out for snakes.com. <laughs> yeah. All right. Associated Fade. Quarter Link. Quarter Link. Mm. <laughs> so, it's a Zelda game. <laughs> I thought you would go there. <laughs> but what's happened is Link has gone into the past and disrupted his parents getting married. <laughs> and so, he's starting to fade. And a quarter of him is already gone. So, he has to get them together at, like, the under the sea dance and, <laughs> and get them to kiss. Something along those lines. <laughs> it's basically a high school version of Zelda. <laughs> so, instead of the typical Zelda theme, what's the, um, what's the theme song? 
Look, I don't, I, I took it to Zelda. I never actually played through any of the Zelda games. <laughs> so I, I don't have a huge source of references to pull here. Um, what do you mean? I, the, I was, like the theme song yeah. or just the general? Oh, do they all have different theme songs? No, I, I was literally going for a Back to the Future reference of like Power of Love oh, or something like that. I see. <laughs> It's the power of swords. Power of trifles. Now, r- rather than there being like a, a quarter of link gone, how about there's only a quarter of link left? So you start at opacity twenty five percent. I did think of that. Well, but but Marty McFly was not losing his whole body in in increments. He was losing parts of his body. I mean, I guess he did, once he got to a certain point, start fading completely, I think. But, you know, it was starting at his extremities. (laughs) (laughs) So, is he just a torso? (laughs) (laughs) Just rolling around. (laughs) It's just Link rolling around as a torso. (laughs) For whatever reason, nobody addresses it. (laughs) I mean, they always reimagine Link and all the characters and stuff. Maybe- they all started as just torsos, and he's just a torso with a chunk out of him. <laughs> like, this is just torso. Zelda's, Zelda's like, just a talking head. <laughs> yeah, it's just all these, like, just body parts. And as you go through, as Link gets, you know, does the classic thing and, like, gets his abilities back one by one, he gets limbs back. But each ability is an additional limb. <laughs> It's, then he's, he just ends up being a torso covered in arms, one holding a hookshot, one holding a sword, one holding a boomerang. <laughs> Pulling himself along the ground, rolling. <laughs> There's no legs. <laughs> no, no legs. Or a head. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, unless he's got a skill that he needs a head for. No. Well, given that Link never talks, he doesn't really need to talk or listen. <laughs> no, he's just got big blinking eyes on the side of the torso. God. Uh, three to one <laughs> click. Yeah. Okay. Certain limiting. Alarmed Carol. <laughs> now I'm choosing to take Carol as the name of a woman. Yeah, I, I was taking that as well. Yeah. Oh. Certain limiting. Yeah. Alarmed Carol. Why would Carol be alarmed? Or no. That's too dumb. Go. You go. What were you going to say? So, I was thinking of, of like, a- You know how in some movies they, they have, like, the most accident-prone sort of character? Yeah. Who, who like, f- gets hit by, like, every little thing. And as, as they're, like, they're being told to go home home from work and, you know, they're, they're just calmly leaving work and then, you know, some crazy thing happens to them and they're, they're gradually, you know, sort of going insane. I like the idea that- you know, Carol is is like you're trying to actually help her out, but she keeps on getting surprised by all these happenstance and all that sort of stuff. Right? Is this a bit like um, Todd in BoJack Horseman, where Horseman, where like he just finds himself in these wacky situations where people sort of uh, assume that he's meaning something, and so yeah, like I don't know if you've watched the latest season yet, but he basically incidentally becomes the um, president of marketing for a giant company <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing. 
Until, spoiler, spoiler, his sex robot becomes CEO of the entire company accidentally. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I like that idea of a character who's just sort of hapless, but the world happens to Carol. Carol yep. doesn't really intend for anything outside of the ordinary to happen, but the world just happens to Carol. So, would you play as Carol? Or- no, I, th- I think you, you play maybe as um, maybe as Carol's sister. Okay. I'm trying to think of oh, Mary. Sure. So, um, Carol's sister Mary, um, like, Carol's just been involved in a, in something at work and she's she's come home and she's got to spend some time at home and that sort of stuff. So, you've, you've come by to help her out. All right. She's been what limited sort of- to, to doing, um, right. like- I forgot about that one. Anyway, yes. Been limited to Limit- doing, like, uh, not much, you know- Sort of bed rest sort of things, but I, I just I like the idea maybe, of all well, these being random it- random events that just keep on happening to Carol. Okay, I like this idea that it's just set in Carol's house because you'd think then that like, well, what can happen in her house? Maybe it's not that she's sick. Maybe it's that in the way that things happen to Carol, she's on some sort of semi witness protection <laughs> because at work, just going about her day to day business, she witnessed some shady deals going down with the CEO of the company. And, you know, she happened to be taking a photo out the window because she saw a cool bird and captured key evidence. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's going to have to testify. So, she's restricted. She's limited to- She has to stay in the house. And, and, you know, it's not a major thing. It's not like she's in danger of being murdered or something. She's. It's just they want her to stay there. And so- Mary's come to keep her company. But what you don't know about Mary, because there's something it's- about Mary. Um, <laughs> it's go. yep. She's actually a US Marshal. She's she's there as as basically um, the bodyguard sort of thing. Well, I, I kind of feel In like it's better- protection. But I also feel, happens feel like to be it's better if- Because if, maybe I ramped up the stakes a bit too much with the witness protection thing. I was just really looking for a reason for it to be in the house. Because I like the idea that that she's just trying to live her life normally- Yep. And shit just keeps happening. Oh, but- And I kind of feel like Mary should be surprised along with it. Well, and Carol's maybe not even surprised. Carol's the type of person who kind of just takes these things in her stride. She's not looking for them, but when they happen to her- She gets alarmed, but then accepts- She's alarmed, yeah. But look, alarmed is not, you know, hysterical. Alarmed is not even surprised. It's just like, oh, what's this? Okay. it It's like a- um Fucking, I don't know. A meteorite came in through the window. It's glowing. <laughs> and now I have um, superpowers. Okay, so you, you're taking away my idea of, of like Mary <laughs> being a being a US marshal. But there's got well, to look. She can maybe be. She can maybe be. She can be. She could be in law enforcement. She could be a cop, and, and that's just she happens to be a cop, and so yep. you know she's there to sort of. You know, she is worried about Carol a bit. But, yeah, throughout the course of this game, she's just like, what the fuck is going on? And Carol's just like, what? Like, isn't this how everyone lives their life with weird, wacky stuff happening all the time? <laughs> she doesn't even she doesn't even realise that it's not normal. Uh, I, I so like the idea of, like, she comes- um, Mary comes in the first time and um, Mary goes to to, you know, give her a big hug. And she hits something. And then, like, this big Rube Goldberg-esque thing happens in which she sort of steps aside from 
from his sister, and like an axe goes in between them. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not an axe, but like a light fixture falls or something. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, because just- I think I think that's the thing. It's that like these things are always happening to Carol, but she never gets hurt by them. Like she's she's also a little bit of a Mister Magoo kind of situation, where yeah, she is actually incredibly lucky at the same time as all these incredibly unlucky things going on around her. Yeah. She's basically just an element of chaos in the world. Um, I mean, where my mind just went for, like, the end game, it turns out- <laughs> I don't know whether you you, you like me going <laughs> down this path, but all right. did you ever see the movie series Final Destination? <laughs> yes, not all of them, I'm aware. <laughs> so, basically, at one You're stage- Carol in- is- No, 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 no okay, at, at on. one stage in her earlier li- life, she- um, escaped death because of because of something but okay. so death is coming to you know claim her but she keeps on getting out of the way of these these different things <laughs> inadvertently like she does she doesn't actually know <laughs> all right i i that's I like fine the supernatural i don't way of yeah going i'm happy it. with some supernatural <laughs> stuff in there maybe it's also that though that <laughs> because i like it not just being like um dangerous things to carol that happened to her it's just like she finds herself in adventures and stuff. So maybe it's maybe there's multiple things. She cheated death, but she cheated death because of the um, genie's lamp she came across. <laughs> where she she didn't even mean to make the wishes. She just like in the course of conversation, she didn't even know there was a genie in the lamp. She like sat on it, <laughs> which rubbed it. The genie's behind her. Carol's on the phone, and she's just like, I you know. I, I wish I could live until I was 100 or something <laughs> to see, you know, and it was just something in the course of conversation about a fucking grandkids or something. But uh, that meant the death has been trying to claim her this whole time and failing. Um, incidentally, the other things she got from the genie were like a really good bowl of soup. And <laughs> funnily enough, this job, which then led to the witness protection thing. So, like, she's kind of not even aware- <laughs> Of all these nutty things where happening did, Where did this there. bowl of soup come from? <laughs> Again, just in the course of conversation, she just she's like, I really wish I had some soup right now. <laughs> well, she's like told- <laughs> And a waiter comes in and goes, here's a, here's a soup that we've got to bring to you before. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she doesn't- These sorts of things happen to her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the end game. I mean, I, I sort of see how it's going to start off with sort of Mary coming in and, and doing some basic- Almost a um, heavy rain esque, like yeah, wash the dishes and that sort of um, makes yeah. a dinner and pass it into Carol's room and yeah, it's mostly just a exploratory third person kind of conversations and world building, like environmental storytelling. Yeah, but then as you go, there's more supernatural things that are sort of happening, and it just goes more and more over the top each time. Yeah, like ghosts start showing up and the fucking. There's just like. A grate in the basement that has tentacles coming out of it. <laughs> and Carol's just like, yeah, that's my pet kraken. Like, it's very young. <laughs> Kenny the kraken. <laughs> Kenny McCracken. <laughs> Better <All> right. than <clears throat> Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one, click. I think we're done with that one. Edited Halo. Incidental star. Oh. Now, I, I'm actually intentionally not going towards the Halo game series. No, no, no. 
Halo, I'm thinking some kind of angel kind of situation. But maybe it's, maybe this is another kind of wacky situation, you know. Well, it doesn't have to be wacky. It could be serious. You could do, take this in a different direction. But someone mistakes a prank YouTube video where this person claims that they met an angel as real. Mm-hmm. So the edited Halo <laughs> that was on their head. <laughs> it was a very good video. <laughs> Captain Disillusion hadn't come along yet to de- debunk it. And this person- <laughs> and, there's like, and there's like 40,000 people going, it doesn't look real. <laughs> exactly. But this person doesn't see all of that stuff. This person sees the video, has an epiphany, and is like, they decide they need to make a pilgrimage and meet this angel. Because they're con- convinced that this person is an angel. This is their story. Bum, bum. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> now. Law and order angel division. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, maybe that's where incidental star comes in is the real sheriff of the angels with his star badge. <laughs> sees I, I this thought you were going to star because of. Um, the person, the person who was in this video, you know, it was just a, a cheap, nasty sort of video, but they became an incidental star, like a, a YouTube star because of this, this thing. Oh, and you I were mean, trying to go that see would them, make but- more sense. But now I've mentioned the Sheriff of the Angels <laughs> and I kind of want to continue <laughs> down that path and learn about them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you play as the Sheriff of the Angels. Oh, God. I don't know. This isn't going anywhere. <laughs> um, I just like the idea of the shiny badge on the sheriff with his wings and his halo, his badge. Oh, God. Three joint click. I've got nothing else for that. Constitutional twist. Indeterminate bookshelf. <laughs> Ooh. So this is obviously some sort of political thriller. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm seeing it as like set in like the National Library. Okay, in the Constitution section. Oh, all right. <laughs> the, the, I've got something that brings all these four words together and doesn't mm-hmm. give us anything else, but I just like the way it all fits together. Is that in the National Library, in the section on political law, if you twist the the book version of the Constitution. Then the bookshelf opens and there's a secret passageway. Yeah. Well, that's where that- I was sort of going with it. <laughs> well, good. Because we're on the same page. Yeah. So, I think this could be a little bit of an, an Illuminati sort of sort of story in that you're just a librarian at the, um, at the mm-hmm. National Library. It's your first day. Okay. Um, okay. You've been asked to put this book back in- um, Back in this section, and you end up in this yep. section of the library that is kind of dark, dusty, and because Americans don't care books. about the Constitution. Um, <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, you you move this one book, and the bookshelf opens, and it's yep. like I'm picturing like a, a literally a like a stone tunnel um, with yep. like cobblestones all over the walls, and it's just um, spider webs everywhere. So it's not been used for years. But you you travel down this, okay. this passageway, and you you find like 
some ancient meeting room of of like the Illuminati or or the founding fathers some or something kind like that. of secret society. Yeah, the the Illuminati. <laughs> it, it was the Smurf Illuminati. No, yeah, okay. So you you go down, you find a secret passage. So is this all? This game's just kind of all about just unraveling this mystery then of why this is here and like what do you discover down there? Um, uh, like, is there something that other than just a dusty meeting room? I no, I think I think you could you could uncover something that if it got into the wrong hands, it could like unravel the entire government or something like that. I think it it could be. Oh, that sounds useful. Could almost be. <laughs> could almost be like a um, well, a MacGuffin like like in say Pulp Fiction. If you remember the briefcase, like you yeah, never yeah. saw what was inside it. I, I kind of like the idea that it's that's one of these things that you you see your character sort of look into this thing, and so you just they see just, their reaction. You to see what their they reaction find. to what they find, and basically they're like, okay, this cannot get into the wrong the wrong hands. <laughs> there would be some players who would be so pissed off. When they get to the end and it's just like never revealed. And it's just all you see is characters just like going, holy fuck, we can, you know, like, this is amazing. What are we going to do with this? We can't let people see this. But what I, what I like is that your character, you can try to burn it. You can try to do all these different things to it, but it's like, it is mm-hmm. impervious to damage. That it's some, it's got some mystical properties. So is it just like, is it a container of some sort? Is it a piece of paper? Is it a, like, what is this thing? I see it as like a container that you can open and like you see something sparkling from within it. But so you're going like full on ripping off. Pop yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, well, I kind of I I feel like it should not rip off pop fiction and just be that they just read this thing or see this thing. Like it's a piece of knowledge. I think yep. it's a it's some sort of revelation. I, I just want that scene of the color just drains from their face. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, you can show their reaction, absolutely. I do like that idea of- Because if you try to- Yeah, if you try to actually say what it is, it'll never be as effective because you just can't come up with something everyone would think is is that, you know, damning or that amazing. But- Yeah. Yeah. So, is it- So, how do they- What do they say it can do, though? Is this something, yeah, that it, like, just denies the whole- idea of the American government for some reason. Yeah, I, I think I think it's um, outside, of, outside of this, you know, if we think of it as, say, it's the real version of the Constitution that actually shows that the one that everyone's been sort of following along is actually a forgery. It's a photo of the founders just, like, pissing on guns while having <sighs> anal sex. <laughs> God. <laughs> It, it turns out that um, I know two of the founding fathers were in a relationship <laughs> and burning a Bible. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think you can't. You can't really say what it is. Well, that's yeah, exactly. You can't say what it is because <laughs> uh, yeah, we will because, be killed yes. if, if like the actual thing comes out. But um, I th- then like the fact that it's a race against time to sort of get it to the right people because I think when you entered this this sort of place, you get um, put on, like, a men in black sort of team's radar. So, now you're in trouble. <laughs> okay, okay. So, they've always known and it's always been hidden in this place. And they thought it was the most secure because the this particular section of the library is the most boringest section and no one will ever go into it. 
<laughs> security by obscurity. Exactly. Um, okay. And so what sort of game is this? Like gameplay wise? Um, what do you do? What do you do on a second by second basis? What do you do? I I think it's sort of like a, it starts off as, as like a, almost a third person adventure game. Yeah. But then turns into a third person action adventure game in that. Okay. Yeah, you're trying to now get out of the library, and you're now trying to trying to get this information to the um to the president of the what United States. What sort of skills? Skills? Oh, to the president of the United States? You're not trying yes. to keep it from the president of the United States. <laughs> I, I think you think that the only person that that could actually know what to do with this is the president. <laughs> I like the idea that you trust in them you, that much. That that yeah, that like this character. Speaks the whole time as as if this president is a grand president, like a very respectful person and will know exactly what to do. And then you get to the end when you finally get this to <laughs> the president and you, like the chair spins around and it's Trump. And it's just like, this guy was a fucking make America great again librarian the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it could be set back in the 90s. <laughs> Giving it to Bill Clinton. <laughs> <sighs> Turns Maybe it's just- <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Turns around and it's the sausage. I don't know. It's just a random president or inanimate object. Every time you get to, to the end. Like you were allowed to do a um do a callback before, so why did a callback? Alright, let's do uh, one more. <laughs> Yeah. Extant pool. Fuzzy combustion. Hmm. An extant pool, so it exists. <laughs> As opposed to sometimes when it doesn't exist, though. Like, so maybe there's some question around this pool existing. Okay. So, the pool that they're, that they're talking about is the Fountain of Youth. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's extant? Yes, it exists. We find out that it exists? Yes. All right. What was your words again? Fuzzy combustion. <laughs> Fuzzy combustion. That's the name of the hero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like the idea that your character has been passed down, like, this information from his grandfather and- he was passed down the information from his grandfather before him, and it's then sort of like a, almost like an Indiana Jones style adventure, or a Goonies sort of adventure. Yeah, that fuzzy combustion and his friends. <laughs> yeah, go to go to finally track down the Fountain of Youth. Do they find out that actually his grandfather and his great great grandfather are the same person? And also is one of these friends, because, like, every time he gets old, he just goes into the Fountain of Youth. Ooh. And- uh, I like gets that. Young, gets young again. Yeah, I like that. And so, this time- Yeah, so, when you thought- When you thought your grandfather actually died- Or- Twist, 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 twist. Okay. Every time that the grandfather drinks from the Fountain of Youth, he returns to an earlier time of his life- where he doesn't, you know, he basically passes the stuff down to himself. He is his own grandfather, is what he thinks. 
Do you get what Hang I'm talking on. about? No. <laughs> so, so in other words, the grandfather, whenever he drinks, he loses his memory, turns back okay. into a baby, and gets brought up by like his own son. And then, and that's like, why it sk- and that's why it skips a generation. It skips a generation because he's always he he grows up, has another son, goes tracks down <laughs> the fountain of youth that his grandfather, you know, yeah, had, and then becomes young again, and the whole cycle starts over again. But this time, he's looked <laughs> okay. early. But this time, he's looked earlier. Like yeah. usually, he do- he waits. All right, and so how does he find out each time? about it is it just like he writes because he's got like journals and things yeah he he writes a letter basically saying that oh so i like i like i like the idea that the reason it happens earlier this time is because now it's modern day and there's email and stuff like <laughs> in, in the past it was he'd, he'd write a journal but of course he's writing the journal on the trip out to find the fountain of youth and so it takes like decades for it to finally be found and, like, track down and make its way back to the family. It's yeah. like, oh, we found your grandfather's journal after 50 years. This time they just found a USB stick and they just gave it to them. <laughs> well, this time he was fucking live streaming it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's in, like, six years' time and the technology's even better. And it's like, he he, he watches this YouTube video and, and it's, his, it's of his granddad who's telling him to, um, well, maybe, yeah, maybe 13 years later. So, it's- it's basically- Yeah, yeah. His grandfather left in t- 2018, live streaming from his iPhone XS or something like that. And yeah, it's now on YouTube. Yeah. And- but you don't- Like, it cuts out before you see, you know, obviously what happens. It's just he's on the trail of the Fountain of Youth and he's getting close and then, like, something happens and that's the end of the video. But he's also sent- so maybe there are some clues in the video that you figure out and you get access to, you know, his private FTP with <laughs> all the rest of his journals and things and details of- Oh, of and he's got, like, there. scans of, of all the previous, like, grandfather's stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and so you're just like, yep, Goonie style, let's go find the Fountain of Youth, motherfuckers. Yeah, I kind of like the fact that he's he's got, like, a, a group of, like- Got the nerdy guy. He's got like an older brother who comes along with, and you know, it's it's almost exactly what the Goonies was, as in character. Yeah, wise. with with a with yeah, with a bit more equality around gender and not <laughs> yeah. so much like yeah, <laughs> give the give the girl something to do. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And so, so where is the Fountain of Youth? The Australian outback. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of setting it in Australia. Yeah. But I'm well, I don't wonder- know if it's set- I don't- well, I think they, the Fountain of Youth is in Australia. I don't know if this character is Australian. <laughs> what? It's set in Tasmania, where time goes and stands still. <laughs> um, no, I think it should be somewhere hazardous. Like, there's a joke there about Tasmania that I'm not going to attempt. Um, <laughs> like, it's out in the desert kind of thing, like in some underground- you know, caverns that happen to be under the Australian desert. So, it's like set in Cooper PD or something like that. Yeah, like that's where you head out from eventually. But I think part of the- You know, I think there's a bunch of game before you even get to Australia. I think I think that these are Americans. And so, then you can have some interesting cultural stuff as they, like, get to as Australia. As they start and- learning about, about Australia, how there's not yeah. kangaroos everywhere and that drop bears yeah. are real and- <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, oh, it's in, it's in Australia. We'll just 
we'll just get there and uh, hop a kangaroo and uh, they'll take us to the fountain Earth. Uh, Little did yeah, they no, know I- that <laughs> this would be the adventure of a lifetime. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's the tagline of the movie poster, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they meet Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> oh, God. And the uh, the ghost of Steve Irwin. <laughs> Still with a stingray barb through his chest. Crikey. Uh, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just wondering whether, like, I do like the idea of it being sort of like a, a Tomb Raider esque adventure of how they run around and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but with some more um, like buddy kind of gameplay. Yeah, and having to having to sort of work work through this mystery in a in a group. So yep. you can play it either cooperatively in multiplayer or you can actually control each of the characters individually. Yeah, I think maybe you can switch between them and that yeah, kind of uh, kind of when you're yeah, when you're doing co-op, you can just you can still just switch between them. It's just you communicate about who to be and what to do and Yeah. Cool. I like that. So, I mean, um does the Fountain of Youth just end up being like beneath Air's Rock? Um, and there's of- a giant pirate ship down there. <laughs> and there's a giant pirate ship. Um, I was actually thinking of, I believe, underneath like the Australian desert, like there's this massive underground cavern system. In, oh, is there in, really in real in real life? Oh, that's cool. Well, that's convenient. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think that there's actually a name for it. Like, maybe it's that. Um, so you know how in the Goonies they find Chunk. No, not Chunk. Chunk's the kid they find great artesian basin it's called sloth they find sloth maybe the sloth equivalent is steve Irwin, and he's kind of been sort of damaged by the stingray bar but he's actually still alive and so you find him and he helps you out and he's you know and he's got his classic catchphrase cracky you guys oh god Oh, I think maybe we'll end it there on that horrible, horrible impression slash joke pun thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's let's finish up this episode of Pitstorm. So, if you want to find us online, we are on Instagram. Why did I do that one first? I Bit, uh, Facebook and Twitter. We're Bitstormcast on all of those. We have a Podchaser page, which has all of, all of our other stuff on there, like our Facebook group and YouTube. Uh, that Podchaser page is podchaser.com slash bitstorm you can rate and review us and do all sorts of cool shit on there if you have an apple device you may want to use itunes i don't know why you would but you but you could we're on there you can rate review and subscribe there we've got a website bitstormcast.com that you can access that from our podchaser site you can check out the agp and the australasian gaming podcast network um check out the facebook page or or on twitter just search for Australasian Gaming Podcast Network and you'll be fine. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the song Matt Defines off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And you're always in the middle of this muddle. <laughs>